Hello and welcome to the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We are your hosts, Rochelle Carter. Hey there. For the next 30 minutes or so, you put up with us. Yeah. We have fun. We have fun. Talking about Jesus. Uh, Last week, we had a lot of fun talking about things that Jesus shared from the cross before he died for the world um, and what that means. We talked about confronting People, when you see them headed down the wrong path, we're kind of kind of touching that, I think, a little bit today. Sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I do want to say, because uh, it was just a great celebration of Easter, was the the meme that I saw that is classic, um, where John says, I did it. I saw, because they have the Peter and and, and uh, John race, right? Right. Uh, what was, what's, I can't remember the verse exactly, but John says <laughs> in this meme, I did it. I beat you. And Peter goes, who's ever going to know? And John goes, everyone's good <laughs> as he writes it in Here's his thing, gospel. <laughs> I, think the, I think the meme is also forgotten, the secondary meme, which like John's kind of a fratey cat when they get to the tomb. He doesn't go in. Peter oh, does. Oh, yeah, that's true. Peter does. Yeah, that's interesting. All so, right. And, I then mean, the, and then the women go, guys, we got you on all accounts here. <laughs> we saw him first. We saw him first. You didn't believe us. You know, there, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, so one thing that uh, I've been going through is the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is just the words of Jesus for three straight chapters. Pretty much all three of them are, are if you have the red letters in your Bible, three all three of them are red. Which are Matthew? Matthew 5 through 7. Okay. And uh, a friend and I were talking, and my, my friend has a set of different beliefs than I do, and so we were just really getting in depth on, let's just read it, and let's just share our thoughts. Yeah. And um, I like that. In doing it in this style, I think there's some some stuff stuck out to me that uh, it never has, and okay. so I, I just figured I'd share that. Uh, but this is the podcast Wait, where can we I talk. Can I ask yeah. you something? Okay. Well, when... let me say this. Let me say this. This is the podcast that we do this weekly. Welcome, HopeOnDemand.com. Oh, more. I'm sorry. I should have probably said that. That's all right. I was just ranting about Peter a moment ago. I should have said that. <laughs> you know, I I want to ask when you were reading it, did you have a mindset of I'm just reading this because I'm going to enjoy it. Did you have a, a mindset of I'm going to read it to prove something? And then you like were kind of surprised at maybe what you found because it didn't prove what you were thinking it was going to prove. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like you disagreed with this person. Yeah. So we're going to agree to read this, which I love that you did that. What was your mindset while reading it? Um, I wanted to see deeper. So like, how does this correlate? with other things that we read in scripture okay. and doctrines. And okay. so other words of Jesus, writings of Paul, Old Testament prophecies. How did these things connect with what he's sharing in these three yeah. huge chapters? Exactly. Exactly. Because okay. there's a lot of great words. Some yeah. of them are just kind of here. Some of them we touched on. There's actually kind of a, a mini sermon on the Mount and also the book of Luke. Yeah. You know, a lot of the gospels will tell some of the same stories in sure. just different angles. Those are different people. Um, but uh, I think one we can just kind of sit on here for a second is the first. Let's just let's just read the, the, the verse and then everybody, non-Christians know this one. Bible says not to judge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Matthew 7, just open it up right here. Do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. Mm-hmm. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How, uh, yeah, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Yeah. Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you see you see the first four words of the chapter, do not judge others. And yeah. people go, 
boom, done. Now I can do whatever I want. Or, or say, well, I can't speak to somebody else's life because I can't judge others. But there's a whole lot more words after that. There's a lot of words up in there. I just read this in Luke. And um, for some reason, the way I read it, I think it came across a little bit differently. So let me just, if I can for a second. Uh, because yes, like you said, where does this correlate with Matthew? Um, it's in Luke 6. Luke 6, okay. And you even get a little condensed version of the Lord's Prayer in there. It feels like he goes through what people term the Beatitudes, mm -hmm. blessed are the poor in spirit. Um, but it, yeah, it talks about when somebody's got that big old plank hanging out of their own eye. It says, don't judge others. God won't judge you. Don't be hard on others. And God won't be hard on you. Forgive others and God will forgive you. If you give to others, you will be given a full amount in return. It will be packed down, shaken together, spilling over into your lap. If you've ever baked, then you know you've packed down the flour in the cup. Ah. And you've shaken it so you get the exact level. And you say, no, it's going to be packed down. It's going to be shaken. But it's going to also just have heaping coming over, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Um, then it talks about the blind leading the blind. You can see the speck in your friend's eye, but you don't notice the log in your own eye. How can you say, my friend, let me take the speck out of your eye when you don't see the log in your own eye? To me, the one that you read, it feels a little bit harsh in terms of like, I see what you're doing and I got you. And I'm going to call you out on your stuff. Okay. This one, the way it worded, it struck me a little differently. And you tell me if I, if, if you think so too, my friend, let me take the speck out of your eye when you don't see the log in your own eye. To me, it's almost like I see a need. I want to help because I have some perspective here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that I don't see the hypocrisy of it Yeah, because I'm very familiar with your problem because I got a giant tree hanging out of my own eye. Yeah. How can I help you though until I fix my own problem first? And then, then I can help you. So it's not even about judging them. It's, it's about I want to be an of aid and assistance, almost like a, a positive thing. Well, I think we have we we shared this last uh, fall. I think uh, on our one of our live podcasts that I think the prime example one of I'm sure there's many, but a prime example for this is a very serious one. Just FYI, if you got kids, you know, in the room. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. you had Bill O'Reilly, who was accused of things, going on the Today Show and mm -hmm. getting, you know, lamblasted by Matt Lauer. Yeah. And then a few months later, Matt Lauer's guilty of the same thing. Sure. This is exactly what this would be mm. of saying, I'm going to help you or I'm going to call you out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm guilty of the same thing. Now, now, here's the nuance where I think it's why it's hard for us to see, because that's just so obvious. That's the exact same thing. Yes. But it's like. Okay, well, you struggle with this sin, and I struggle with that sin in a different way. Yeah. And in my mind, because we're all like, you know, our, I'm trying to think of the the nice expression, our armpits don't stink. You know, our own <laughs> armpits don't stink. And um, because when I've processed my own thing, we justify it. Yeah. And so I start to see, well, mine's not, you know, the same as yours. And I'm not going to sit here. We've had, you know, multiple conversations of, yeah, there are degrees of, of sin. Mm -hmm. You know, hurting a child is way worse than stealing a pencil. I'm not going to say there's not levels of sin. But I think in, even in the same category of something like sexual immorality, I could judge you so hard mm -hmm. on having six affairs. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here looking at pornography every day. Yeah, yeah. 
that that's what this is talking that's about. What that's talking about. And I, hey, let me let me even whether it is kind of like you said, a judgmental type of, you know, the warning about being harsh uh, or it really is sincere. Let me help you here, man. Oh, yeah, it's good. It, what am I? And that's where we said before, where should I be the most selfish? My own sin. <laughs> Taking care of that is where I should be the most self-focused. The Bible is harsh. Mm, yeah. It is. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Because for crying out loud, sometimes I have to be harsh with my children to keep them corralled and safe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when I, I said that, it wasn't necessarily a negative thing, but I, I kind of read the Luke thing almost from instead of the perspective of, hey, I see what you're doing. Mm. It's really wrong. Right, right. You're having six affairs. Meanwhile, I'm over here looking at, quote, pornography is what you shared as an example. Yeah. Well, I read it this way in Luke. I'm not saying this is the way that Jesus said it, but in Luke chapter six, it almost feels like this moment the other day I was sharing with my child, I see in you a struggle that I have myself. Okay. And we talked about it, the struggle of being flexible. Okay. And you are dealing harshly with this, but I'm going to own it in front of you. I deal with it too. And that's why I see it so easily in you. And so we were talking about it back and forth. And later we had this opportunity where I was presented, are you going to be flexible? And my son reminded me, mom, you said, ah, you were going to yeah. be flexible. Meanwhile, he had just turned down something where he was completely rigid. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So here he is helping me with that plank hanging out of his own eye. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But you kind of see that. You see what I'm, ta I'm talking about. So it was almost like a level of judgment. You know, it's like um, this one is clearly this is a a big, intense issue if you're helping somebody because they are in in it up to here with um, moral deprivation, uh, felony, whatever it might be. Yeah. As opposed to these these little things that are character. That can be tweaked. Mm -hmm. And when I say little, it, I mean, these are big things because it, it can grow us, right? But, um, yeah, it's, ooh, Jesus paints a, a pretty easy black and white picture. Yeah. There's, there's no muddling that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and it's hard and it's hard. It's a hard, it's hard balance because every situation's a little bit different. Yeah. And so it's just hard to say when I should hold back, when I should not say anything because of, you know, what I'm going through or whatever. So it is, it is tough. It's, it's by no means easy. So the next part of this chapter that we had discussed, uh, this is really where we, we honed in a little bit. How do we become right with God? And you see this where Jesus is talking about, uh, false prophets, people that aren't really Christians, they're false teachers. And so I'll pick up in verse 17. He says, a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we cast out demons in your name, and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, who you who breaks God's laws. Yeah. Hard words. Speaking of blunt, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah. that is the scariest verse, verse in the Bible, as I've heard, <laughs> I've said, and I've heard people say, right? Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? I, I think it actually makes it a lot simpler. Even as I read that again, a good tree produces good fruit. Mm -hmm. A bad tree produces bad fruit. Mm -hmm. So my instinct, I think a lot of ours in, you know, capitalistic America mm -hmm. of making sure to 
uh, earn my uh, my respect of people and and earn things is to do good stuff, is to go to church more, is to do good deeds, volunteer at soup kitchen. But then you're going to get to the part where people are saying they did those things and they're still not entering the kingdom of heaven. You know, on judgment day, many will say to me, we did this and we did this and we did that. And they'll reply, I never knew you. So it's not just an accumulation of stuff. No, it's not checking boxes. It's not. And so you, this, this is where it, and I'll just read some of my words that I wrote to my friend. It's but, not memorizing scripture. I think Darren Mulligan was on uh-huh. the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He's like, the devil knows scripture better than I do. That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. But it says a good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. And how do we become good? Well, it is faith or Christ's righteousness that I get mm-hmm. because of my faith in him. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a good tree. Because I'm rooted in in faith in him, Mm -hmm. and I just will produce good fruit. Yes, good works come from authentic, genuine Christians. But a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. I think it can look good, but at the end of all days, you know, Jesus will know. Did you give, for example, did you give that homeless person a meal because you were helping them or because you posted it on Instagram to make yourself look better in Mm -hmm. front of people? Mm -hmm. And so I I think that can get really confusing. There are um, atheistic people that do very nice moral things, but it's not for the right reason necessarily. And so you see here that it's, it, it, you have to become a good tree, but it's not by doing good deeds. Those, the fruit Mm -hmm. comes after. And so this is just what I said to, to my friend. So we know how to identify a good tree, verse 20, and we obviously know how to identify a bad tree as well. But this passage doesn't tell us that these fruits make a good tree. So how do we become a good tree? Well, with faith, it's the the righteousness that has to be better than the Pharisees, he said earlier in this. It's the foundation he's referring to at the end here uh, that we'll get into about building your house on either the rock or the sand or, you know. Um, that correlates with Paul in 1 Corinthians 3, that anything we do, the good works, will be tested for reward, but the foundation is in Christ, and no man can build another foundation. So works are definitely an indicator, uh, but you also see where, uh, oh, what is it, 1 Corinthians 5.17, I think, we are new creations in Christ. And so you see how this kind of culminates with words across the New Testament and even prophecies of the Old Testament that we have to become a new creation first before we even do good things anyway. Mm -hmm. And so this panic, hitting the panic button of, kids, we got to go to church more. I'm just, I don't know if I'm a Christian anymore. We can let all that go. Do you have genuine faith in Christ? Yeah. And how do you transform? And the answer is a Holy Spirit thing. Mm -hmm. And so so what's the next part? I was thinking about this um, today. What's the next thing we talk about Easter? We've just wrapped up here, Easter 2022. And if you're listening and it's it's Christmas time. And it's 2050. <laughs> well, then this doesn't apply at all. No, no, it's the good news. So it always applies. Uh-huh. So the Easter, it's 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 the connect. I mean, my word. Have you seen the Christmas overlaps with Easter in terms of what it's all about? Church attendance. <laughs> <laughs> they overlap very much so together. Uh, Jesus was born. So that he could die. Yeah. So that we could be saved and that we could live through he his resurrection. We rise into new life. I mean, that's what this good gospel message is. That's what the good news is about. And so Jesus, after he resurrects, you may know the story. By the way, we have more in-depth intel <laughs> about what takes place the week of 
Passion Week, which is the week before Jesus's death and his resurrection. And we talk about that. Uh, I think it was a few years ago that we did that. And so you can you can search it here at HopeOnDemand.com. Or um, we I think it was last year we went over the resurrection eggs, which is a fun way to be able to share the Jesus story. And your kids can follow along and be able to share it with their friends, which my kids have been able to do. And mm-hmm. Carter's Ezra is almost two years old. Maybe one day he'll do the same. And so trying to find, okay, what haven't we really gone into depth? What comes after Easter? Well, clearly the Great Commission is now tell everybody. Yeah. That's yeah. what comes after. But he doesn't tell them, all right, get on it. <laughs> he says, wait, I'm going to send you a helper. This mm. helper is a really important part of who God is. And trying to trying to talk about the Holy Spirit, that's like trying to, he's, it's just, it's hard, yeah. right? Yeah. You hear about the Trinity and, oh, that's easy. That's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's just, I think that's just scratching the surface. This is the character of God in three separate personalities. But we, even through Hebrew writers, see that God is character. Wisdom is characterized as a person at one point. It, like referred to as a person, I think, in the book of Proverbs, you see that the writers have zero problem referring to God's character trait as like a as like a person. Does it mean that there's multiple gods? The answer is no. It's just the same God. Mm-hmm. It's just so many facets of his diamond. Sure. So many different ways he sparkles and shines. But the Holy Spirit is that part of God that uh, it's the same. Uh, the word in Hebrew is the same for wind. It's this, um, the breath. And when you breathe in, you've got this energy that comes about you. When you take a deep breath, it says at the very beginning of Genesis that his spirit was over the chaos that was the world. Mm. And he brings out of the chaos form, design. It's incredible. We start to see him giving spirit giftings to people like um, I was recently listening to uh, a video put out by Tim Mackey. It was talking about how uh, he, you see the, the giftings he gives through his spirit, through the person of Joseph, to interpret dreams. Um, the giftings he gives through his spirit to a um, craftsman for articles in the temple. In fact, he, he's an interesting character because his background is not purely Jewish. And so here he is touching the most holy tools possible, you know, because mm-hmm. it's going to where Jesus, where the, the presence of God is going to be. He's been gifted with this ability. What's really cool, this, the, the way that spirit is interpreted is really about the presence of God mm. is what it is. Yeah. And so we hear from the prophets, clearly man has made chaos again. We as, as God's image bearers have made chaos again take place over the surface of the world. And his spirit needs to be breathed out on us. And it's going to, and there is going to be order that's brought through a man who is in fact God his name is Jesus, and we see Jesus given the Spirit through this incredible connection. It, it's he's. This is what was profoundly shared this morning that I was listening to. God communicates to his son, Jesus, the moment that he gets baptized. Through what? The Spirit. Mm-hmm. God wants to connect his love to us as men and women through his Spirit spirit. Jesus breathes on his disciples to appoint them and anoint them to do the work. He tells them, wait for the helper to come. 
the spirit comes down as fire lit up on the heads of all of the men and women in that upper room you can read about in the book of Acts, which, by the way, that's Luke's next. It's like the sequel Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the book of Luke. He writes Acts as well, right? And you see this. Well, that's, that's symbolic of the fire that came down on Sinai with Moses. That's symbolic of the fire um, that was a, a pillar hanging out over the tabernacle. This is a symbol of the presence of God. And now it's it's not just over a building or a place of worship. It's over you and me. Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the transformation takes place through his spirit and it's his communication of love through the spirit that brings transformation. I think I'm, I think I am hoping that I'm making sense right now, but it's just... Um, if there's ever any confusion, don't worry. <laughs> it can be confusing, but in those moments where you can't put your finger on it, but you know you've been moved in a way that's glorious, and it's about Jesus and it's about God, it's, it's a spirit thing that takes place in us. And he breathes, like you're reading through Matthew chapter 7, and you're, re- you're rereading it. This is not the first time you've read it. And you got something different out of it. How does that happen? His word is alive. That's another thing, too. We hear Jesus referenced by many different names. The word is one of them. Mm-hmm. That's right? true. What? what? What does that even mean? At the beginning of John, you read, the word was with God, and he was God. And it's Jesus who he's talking about. <laughs> it's these different ways that um, the writers of the Bible have, have um, kind of attached a name or a quality to the character of who God is. Yeah. And it's really special and amazing. And uh, that's the next thing. The next thing is that we receive the help we need from God the Father through what Jesus did for us. And part of me was always sad as a child when Jesus goes back to heaven and I, I can't wait to meet him. But he's like, I'm right there with you. Well, how is that possible? Because the helper is with you. Yeah. The very spirit that was in me is in you. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Uh, I think uh, because people people of different faiths don't see um, they see three separate gods is what some people see, yeah. and uh, I guess that wouldn't work if he how could he be with us if the Holy Spirit was not if if the Trinity wasn't true, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting that he's going to be with us because all three are God yes. in one and God is referred to by the Son as the Father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's still His Spirit that's in me. Right. It's yeah. God's Spirit, but He's the Father figure to the man part, which is Jesus. Yeah. And I can see why it would be very confusing, but don't let it be. It's one of those things where it's like, this should try to help bring, like, I heard it put, you were not built to understand. Hmm. You were built to know. Hmm. Yeah. People have it linked. Understanding is to know. Not always. Sure, that's true. Like my husband can express in many different ways the ways that he loves me, but I will never fully, completely understand mm-hmm. the lengths of that love per se and vice versa or the lengths, the, the, the measure of love that you have for your children. You know you would die for them in a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. They will never necessarily be able to to. Fathom every, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and that's acceptable. Why not this? First of all, I'm dealing with an eternal God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a pea-sized brain, you know, and that's not a, that's not me 
throwing myself into the bus. Just it's just true. And comparatively, it is it is. I mean, what what we have is how God has revealed Himself, and yes. there is so much more. So much more. So what you can fathom. I think that's what people choose to just live with because I can fathom it. Yeah. And God is unfathomable. Like you can try and that is to, to know him. That is to just be in his presence. My children are in my presence and they know that mommy loves them. Mm -hmm. They don't know to the lengths yet. And maybe one day they will um, because, but I'm finite. So, I mean, I can't even put myself in the place of God, but hopefully this analogy is working. Yeah. But, um, they know I love them. I know that my God loves me. I know his presence because I'm, I'm in it. The spirit is the presence of God. And I, I know it because it's a, it's a faith thing. There are days where I don't feel it, Mm -hmm. but I still know it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's hard because you have a lot of, the Holy spirit is a hard one. <laughs> because you can't put your finger on it. it's a spirit. It, that's exactly right, and you have a whole bunch of uh, even even Christian. Certainly, a lot of cults, <laughs> but you have a whole lot of Christians that just will feel or think differently on what it might mean. Uh-huh. And this verse means this about the spirit, or this means, or you know, the some people believe there's two baptisms. You know, one mm. of salvation and one of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you know, there's just a lot of um, unknown about it. And I, and I think certainly one way that I, I uh, there, there's certainly Christian faiths where I go, okay, well, I, I've never heard it that way or, or think it that way, but I, I see your scriptural reference. And then I think the safeguard for anybody else that's like, this is God, I feel it. Mm. He told me to <laughs> have a hot air balloon ride to space, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it's like, where's the, Wait, where you got that in the Bible there for that one? You know, I think that's, I think that's the, the, the being able to fathom how God moves is totally in, in in its full capacity is impossible. Yeah. But at least the um But he's given us indicators. Indicators on what oh. it would be and what it wouldn't be. Absolutely. And certainly if it's in line, I mean the I mean, I think the easiest one is is it in line with the fruit of the spirit? Yeah. Joy, peace, patience, gentleness, love, what is it, love, mercy? Uh, I can't remember all of them. Yeah. If it's in that vein, it's probably a really good start, guys. Yeah. <laughs> probably a really good start. Probably a really good start. Having said that, Carter and I really have fun with going a little deeper with context. Did you, you remember the movie National Treasure? Yeah, yeah. When they're looking at, it's the map, and when they put the Benjamin Franklin glasses on, do you remember what happens to the map? Uh, No. They put these, so Ben Franklin, so, I don't, spoiler alert. I, I saw this movie like 10 times. National Treasure. Yeah. So they discover this map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. I'm going to steal it. <laughs> I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. That's a pretty good neck cage. So they discover it, and they go and they follow all these clues to so get to the next clue. Well, one of the clues they find in one of the buildings in Philadelphia. I think it's Philadelphia. It doesn't matter. They find these glasses, Ben Franklin made yeah, so that okay. you can read the map. The map, sure. What's crazy is that every time you move one of the lenses back and forth, it shows you a different aspect okay. of the map. Okay. And I think that's such a cool way of going, oh my gosh, it looks just like one thing when I look at it from this perspective, but now when I when I change the lens, <gasps> I see another layer that I never saw before. And when I change this lens, <gasps> I see another layer. The the point is, is I think we're going to keep discovering those types of layers at, uh, the more we get into that deep search of scripture that you were talking about at the beginning of the podcast. We're going to have those layers unfold. 
Um, I think that's that's important in under in, in not understanding. Let me try to use my own lingo mm-hmm. in knowing God, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because understanding is just looking at the map one way. That's and it's limited. It's that, and I'm never going to fully be able to understand right until one day I'm given that pair of glasses where I can see it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think we're going to be given through our process and knowing the Holy Spirit and him speaking to us through his word, we're going to get clarity on those issues about, oh, should I take that hot air balloon? (laughs) Right. You know, what does scripture say? Lord, would you help me look through your lenses so that I am seeing this? Sure. What is in line with what you have written here? Because as you go through scripture, you, you do find things that almost contrast or some would say, oh, well that, that contradicts actually, actually, if you read the document, because that's what it is from beginning to end, you find that it, very much connects. There's hyperlinks all throughout the scripture mm-hmm. that, oh, this completely makes sense. Um, this morning I was reading, I think it was Psalm 5, and it's David. And he's talking at the, the beginning about his enemies. And he's bringing up these character qualities in them about how they're sinners. And they lie. And they do all this stuff. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. The next line after he said all these things was, but your mercy is great. He just described himself like I think he was also describing his enemy. But every single one of the character flaws that he said was something that he actually was guilty of. Mm. And then he recognized the mercy of God being great. Yeah. I yeah. That was really interesting. I hadn't seen that before. It was like a, a, a new part of the Benjamin Franklin glasses. I was like, yeah, I see. I that's see. An interesting thing to see there. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, I think people can take that and run with it in the wrong direction. Oh, God. This verse today means that I yeah. can... Eight, the, 24 gallons of ice cream. The more you read scripture and the more you try to read it, Lord, Holy Spirit, get a hold of me today. This yeah. is your word. You say it's alive. Mm. And I want to read it through your lenses, not my own. Not just what I see in black and white. Mm-hmm. Is there something here that is something else I can take out of it that's going to be awesome? Sure. And I think that's how we need to, to read the Bible because otherwise we, we, we got Carter and I do a radio show. And we got a concerned listener the other day who shared, hey, there's this blip on your station that I heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It referenced the parting of the Red Sea. And they said this pastor who was doing this this little sermonette said it happened in Genesis. Well, it it, was in Exodus. Exodus. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm concerned that you guys didn't catch that that you didn't vet these people more properly, which, by the way, I do believe in studying to show yourself approved, which is what Paul tells us to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Make sure that people are staying on track with, with Scripture. But that's all that the guy could hear. He didn't hear what the pastor had to say. He just heard the blip, the mistake. Yeah. And sometimes my point being, we get stuck on the little blips. We get stuck on the literal interpretation. We get stuck. And we can't see the forest for the tree. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, and I was even thinking the other day of some major issues in our world that there's a, you know, side A thinks this, and maybe that's more of a worldly perspective. Mm -hmm. Side B thinks this, and it's a Christian perspective. It has a lot of good references on why the issue is, let's say, wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. And side A is, you know, like... Yeah, but the Bible says to love, and yeah, but these verses say this, and it's a little bit back and forth. And, you know, I'm sitting here going, I don't want to miss the forest for the trees, because 
I do think that when it's written in scripture, it just is. Mm-hmm. At the same time, and I'm not suggesting any solution here, I just know that this happened and I think would happen if Jesus were here today is his first trip to earth. And it's that side A and side B usually had a disagreement and Jesus presented option C. (laughs) (laughs) And you're just like, yeah, that does make sense, doesn't it? Or even, or you even walk away with more questions, to be honest with you in in some situations. And so I want to be hesitant and yes, knowing, I mean, I, I think when we talk about the spirit, there are kind of three big movements in Acts where the apostles, the, the the Holy Spirit in that way, we don't see in the same way nowadays and uh-huh. the literal fire and coming down. And yeah. you you, you yeah. have, I think, well, there's the Holy Spirit coming to the Jews and that's, that's signified. And then it kind of connects. My pastor was talking about how it connects to, uh, to Jerusalem, to mm-hmm. Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Yeah. And I think you kind of see the three big movements of mm-hmm. Jews, Gentiles, and uh and it would be the, I guess, Judea. Even bigger Gentiles. <laughs> Even bigger Gentiles, really, yeah. And so you see the kind of the three big movements there of yeah. the Holy Spirit. And then from then on, it, it's it's as we know today, we're, we're, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit when we put our genuine faith in Christ. And so I see, I see a lot of people that um, can get curmudgeon-y with Scripture. <laughs> yeah. And I do respect their... Uh, knowledge and um, and trust that Scripture is true. Mm-hmm. It's important, but I I also know that I think because I still have a human mind, even when I read Scripture, I could probably be up to eighty percent right. <laughs> like like my my interpretation of what I'm thinking yeah. when I read the true words from the text and going, okay, I know I'm not going to be right even when I read the Bible because yeah. I'm I'm messed up. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's the way a lot of the teachers of the time felt when they were sitting and listening to Jesus, because here he is healing people on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it right. worse for a person to be destroyed on the Sabbath or healed on the Sabbath? Yeah. Well, how do you yeah. answer that question? Yeah. They didn't. No. Because according to their 16, 613 different laws in the Torah, one of them was you don't do what Jesus is doing. Right. Right. That's their interpretation of it. And Jesus yeah. is saying you've got it backwards. The Sabbath is meant to serve you hmm. not the other way around why because it's a heart issue yeah and so in those moments you have to go all right lord and pray the prayer david prayed search me and know my heart mm. test me and know if there's any wicked way in me i don't want it there yeah and because yeah you could be sitting there all day and talk yourself in and out of everything and say well what the old testament says but then this is what jesus brings in and he brings light into this you Actually, that sounds like because I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I have this tendency to obsess on things, compulsively mm-hmm. act on stuff. That could drive me bananas if I'm not taking my medicine, to be honest, because of my the chemi- chemistry in my brain. But I, I, there's always there's always this place of peace that I come back to with Jesus every single time, and I I recognize He sees the desire of my heart. And that helps me. Yeah. Like if my heart is right with God and I, that's truly my desire, Lord, I just want to please you. Mm-hmm. I just want to love you well. I know I'm going to mess up. Oh my gosh, look at David. I'm going to bring up the guy I just brought up. Every part of that first part of the psalm applied to him. But he serves a merciful God. He took the bread when he wasn't supposed to be taking the bread out from the priest. That was supposed to be for the priest. That It's clearly commanded. Yeah. He's not supposed to be touching that. You know, people have died for less, probably, you know. 
um, well, why was it okay for David? Because it was a heart matter. God saw his heart. He searched it. He knew it. And so as long as we keep bringing it back to center with Jesus and saying, Lord, search me and know me, please. This is not about my ego. This is not about me being right and that other person with the scripture being wrong or their interpretation being wrong. God, I just want to serve you. And I somehow, if possible, will you allow your light to shine in this broken vessel? Yeah, that's really good. Well, thank you for your time. This is the Anything But Quiet Time podcast. We do this weekly and just talk about what we're going through spiritually, what we've learned, what advice we've gotten. Some, Sometimes we throw in jokes. Some jokes. You I was just going to say. Uh, what's the one I heard? Tell about the little girl. The oh, the oh, the just a little story. That's funny. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, which one actually? The the play place or the uh, or the, the game? Place. Oh, the play place. Yes. Okay. So uh, there was um, a friend of mine. Her name's Tiffany, and she has a daughter named Kate. Kate's like four, and uh, <laughs> Kate was in the play place at Chick Fil A, just like staring. And you know, Tiffany's sitting there eating her food. Sees her through the window, rushes into the play place. Kate, is everything okay? And Kate's just staring up at something. And she, you know, my friend Tiffany, looks up. There's this kid, older yeah. kid, Ooh. older boy that okay. is climbing on the outside of the play place Ooh. where you should not be. And Kate says, look at him. He's so cool. <laughs> but also, he's a little dangerous. <laughs> and Tiffany said, well, you're never dating. That's yeah. it. That's it. That, Bad call, boy fetish. Calling it right now. Oh, you word. are never dating. This mysterious seven-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> climbing walls. 